expansion no more struggle no more challenges no more battle because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle and God said after today you shall rest from your battle the battle of your marriage the battle of your business the battle of your finances the battle of your sickness the battle of your shame the battle of your disgrace the battle of your setback the battle of the pains you don't want to forget God said you will rest from your battle And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. Go ahead and celebrate the Lord. Go ahead and celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah, somebody. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, wherever you are. Just bless the name of the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn to somebody by your side and tell the person, you are blessed and you are highly favored. Tell the person you are, turn to the other person again and tell the person you are blessed and you are highly favored. And tell the person I am glad to be by your side. You are destined to succeed. You are a product of God's grace. And he never made a mistake. So you are not a mistake. You are blessed beyond every stress. In Jesus' name. Put your hands together for the Lord as you take your seats. Hallelujah. This morning we are moving on a journey with a continuation of the message I started on the Christian growth and maturity. Give me Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 to 17. Matthew 5, 13 to 17. It's a scripture I read last week. I just want to go through it quickly and then build on whatever I have to share. Last week, we, we were able to take the journey to understand who we are and what is expected of us as far as our Christian work with the Lord is concerned. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it become seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And he said, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. And he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophet. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Now, this is the, the, the sermon on the mount, which is typically known as the Beatitudes. And Jesus here was actually speaking and making an allusion or using certain metaphors to be able to as it were, compared to the believer or the child of God. And the first word he used is salt. That you and I as believers, we are the salt of the earth. Amen. But what he's simply saying is that salt has certain characteristics and components that whenever it's introduced into something, you can really feel the presence that it's there. It's both medicinal, it's actually what makes us to have our bones stronger, and our blood even stronger and everything. When the doctor asks you to stay off salt, he gives you a substitute because he knows what balances should be there. So it's very crucial to the development of every human being, even your brain development and, and everything. It's important for you to have salt working in your life. So he's trying to let us know that you cannot do away with a child of God. Or you cannot do away with a believer. That means the role of the believer in every society or in everything is very paramount and very crucial. So anytime he enters into a place, he becomes a reference point or he becomes the one that changes the dynamics of that society and that place. That is why somebody like Matthew Luther King Jr. can finish his whatever school and then enter into a community to serve as a 
as a Bible student and could be able to see challenges and could bring transformation and bring a renewal. And today, the black man can lift up his head anywhere in the United States. The same way you look at Madam Teresa, who is not an Indian, but because of her practices and her virtue as a young lady from a rich home, decided to deny herself and entered into an Indian community and bonded with them and brought a change. And today we celebrate and talked about her. That is why you looked at many people that as God has used over the time, Jesus Christ, John the Baptist, even in Old Testament days and in contemporary times, anytime they are introduced, they come to show the fruit or the characteristics of who God is. Um, one great man of God put it this way that God has man has not seen God, man has not seen God, but man sees God through men. Can I make it again? Man, man has not seen God. Show me where you saw God. Hello. If God appeared to you, you cannot be able to stand him. You, you can't. Man has not seen God. But God sees man through men. And so God make you and I is representative that through us, men will see him. Are you there with me? So anytime you find yourself as a child of God, you have to know that men are looking through you to see your God. So that is why we become a mirror or a reflective point or a zeroing point where people can really focus on. So that is why the measurement or the, uh, as it were, the estimation of the believer is higher. Whenever you say you are a Christian, there is another perception that man gives to you. Whenever you put on the clerical, there is another measure that man gives to you. So you are no more ordinary you are a super ordinary person. So you cannot now say that it is my life. Let me leave it. You are not now living your life. You are living the life and the character of God. So if God promises and God fulfills, when you promise, you have to fulfill. If God cannot lie, then you can also not lie. If God is just, then you also have to be just. If God is pure, then you also have to be pure. If God is holy, then you also have to be holy. Are you understanding me? So, it is, it is we become the embodiment of the God nature. So, if I need to know God from the scriptures I, re- I read, as a sort, if I need to know God, what Jesus is simply saying is that you don't need to know God by seeing God. You need to know God through me. So you realize that there was a time Jesus was preaching and he was talking and the disciples said, show us the father. And he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. For whatever the father sent me to do is what I do. I and my father are one. And people didn't understand it and they got offended and everything. What Jesus was simply trying to explain at that time is that there is no difference between me and my father because there is no way the lizard will give birth to a crab. So, if I said I am a, a child lizard or whatever is it, definitely I should ask me the characteristics. I have not seen any uh, uh, lizard, a baby lizard different from an elderly lizard. Where maybe one is walking in front and the other one is walking backward. Once you are born and you belong to that family, you have that mark. A monkey is not different from Another monkey. Their characteristics are the same. Are you there with me? So, he's simply saying that Christianity is not the dress you wear, but Christianity is the reflection you give. And through that reflection, others can identify with God. So, this is the scenario. If we need men to come to God, men have to see God in us and come to us to know God. So if men are not coming to God, then we are the problem to men not coming to God. So attitude is very critical because they're sought as an attitude. So he's saying that we should bear certain attitude that can really bring men to him and be his worthy ambassadors and representatives. 
The question I want to ask you this morning, that you and I, as we sit down right now, let's ask ourselves, are we worthy representative of God? Does men see God through us? Last week I was saying that if you belong even to a WhatsApp group or anything, when you enter onto the platform, we don't really know that the Christian and the believer has come. In your workplace, will the people confidently point out and say that indeed you are a child of God? Or they have their doubts? This message continues after the break. From the ministry of Reverend Ismaila Awudu, get these life-changing, inspirational, and spirit-filled books. The Mystery of Greatness, At Thy Word, Church Membership, The Blueprint of Marriage, and any other ministry products of his. You can get these in electronic format by purchase through downloading Reverend Ismaila Awudu's app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also purchase this book and other ministry products at the ICGC Yahweh Temple, Otinshi American House Last Stop, East Legon. Reach us on telephone, plus 233-277-250420 or plus 233-249-393361. Email us, revismila at gmail.com. Visit our website, icgcislegon.com. Grab your copies now and experience a change in your life. Welcome back. How do men see you? Jesus asks, what do you say about me? People surely say something about you. It can be true. It can be wrong. But the issue is, how do you reflect and represent God? And he said, we should be like salt. Salt is very controversial. Do you know that? So in other words, the child of God, God says that men should be able to know that you belong to him and you cannot narrow the standard. If God is orderly, the Bible says that God is orderly, is organized. Your life should be orderly and organized. He said God does things in decency and in order. You have to do things in decency and order. Are you following what I'm saying? Whatever God does and who God is, that is what God expects you and I to behave. In fact, the church is supposed to be the, the, the model, the example of the word to learn. By virtue of our attitude, our character, our behaviors and everything with order, with discipline, with organization, with everything. So therefore, because all theories propounded in this world, and all practice, you can name it from whether science to physics to, I mean, from, from physics to biology to, to, to management to whatever. They are all theories propounded out of the Bible. Hello? Every religion in this world traces its source from the good book, which is the Bible. To authenticate and identify themselves in one way or the other. Including even the Rastafarian belief. Because they believe they came from Heli from the line of Melilek. Now, so there is nothing that isolates itself from the God nature. Everything expresses the God nature. So God, even in creating a man, whether you have received Christ as your Lord and personal Savior or not, once you are conceived and being born, there is a God factor in you. And which draws you anytime towards worship. That is why Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will never depart from it. What it simply means is that show that child how to serve God. And that was the instruction God gave to the children of Israel. That teach them whilst you sit in the house. Don't gossip with them. Teach them whilst you sit in the house. Teach them the word of God. Teach them good examples. For them to follow. Because once you talk, we were insulting Antiama with them. When they see Antiama, they will also behave the same way towards Antiama. So, teach them. Teach them. You teach them how to lie. They will lie. You teach them to speak the truth. They will speak the truth. 
So he said, teach them when you sit in your home, when you're on the way, write it on your hands, write it on your forehead, write it on the doorpost. They become examples everywhere in the house so that the child will imbibe that thing and grow thereby with it. If you don't, they will look for expression. That is why when, when, when Moses went onto the mountain and stayed longer and he was not coming, because Israel or man has the tendency of the expression of worship, they have to look for a substitute. And that's why they went in for the golden calf. To still worship and relate. Because they have not seen God. They see God through Moses. Hello. That is why it makes men to sort of reverend people and sometimes tend to worship them. When they always exhibit a higher level of something they have never seen before, they put it on the person as like God. That is why our forefathers and our great fathers could look at the, the sea and worship the sea. Look at the big tree and watch the big tree. Because anything that baffles the imagination is perceived as a God or a deity. Because man has the expression of worship in him, which is an innate being or, uh, or what do you call it? It's something that is, is embedded in the person from birth and nobody teaches you. In other words, everybody knows God in one way or the other before he was even became an adult because there is the God nature in you. Are we on the same light? Okay. So he said we are a sort and we are a light. You and I know the illuminating effectiveness of light. We know the power of light. The light is everything. We can clearly identify. For Ghana, we are in a transition now. So you can clearly identify with this issue of light because it's a transitional period. So you see the effectiveness and the use. And in fact, in times of crisis, that is where creativity has to come out. That is not a time of memory and complaining. Not a time of creativity and innovation. If you have depended upon many people for so long, this is the time we should generate our own power. I was so excited when I was looking at um, tech that is um, Kumasi University, and they have come out with solar sheds, solar uh, dress, which can take care to even charge your phones and everything. They have come out with uh, full pounding machines, and they have come out with sources of generating power to take care of it. Because you see, polytechnics is not just to be, to be taught, you are supposed to create. All the world industrialists and the breakthroughs that the world has had, they had their breakthroughs through challenges. That is what made them to think. And in their thinking, they develop things. Africans, let's rise up to think and let's bring a change. Because success is not on a silver platter. That is why we said necessity is the matter of invention. It's only a lazy person that complains. But every serious person sees problems as an opportunity to make money. Go to Zoom live and go and ask him how he saw it. He saw field. He didn't complain about the field. Some of us will see the field and hold our nose. But he saw the field and brought in the solution. Today he's making money. What problem are you solving? Anytime you look for money, look for a problem to solve. Hello? The truth of our life is that we don't want to challenge ourselves and light challenges you. So as a believer, God expects you and I that wherever we stand, we should have wisdom, we should have grace, we should have something that people could identify with that we cannot be ignored. So you and I are change agents of society. Tell somebody you are a change agent of society. Tell the person you are a change agent of society. So, you should have it in your mind that as a child of God, anywhere you step, you have to bring a change. Anywhere you step, you have to bring a change. Before we got into this community, there was no road. How many of you know that? Those of you who live in Otinshi, you can testify. Before we, ICGC, our time we came into this community, there's no road. You don't have this road, nice road you are passing on. Amen. In fact, before we came into East Legon, with all the hype of East Legon, when we started at the guest hotel, there was no development you are seeing now. There were no many churches, even though there were some, there were no many charismatic churches that have really showed up their head. But by stepping into here, by the effect of the salt and the light, 
Now you can count charismatic churches that are doing well and they broke it through and you see development and you see everything. Why? Because we took a prophetic walk, which most of you don't know. Walk through the length and breadth of this area. At a midnight hour praying and anointing every joint. I'm not surprised God will give us an MCE from among us because we already took position before he came. So some of you will look at things today and relate it to maybe government or whatever it is. But I just want you to know the effect of the salt and the light. So we spoke into the community and we opened up the community. As a child of God, God wants you to lift up your head in your nation to bring a change. In Africa to bring a change. Because we sit with unbelievers on panels. And it is our attitude that can bring a change in your life. So if you're the child of God, you enter into your own family and you're running away because there are some witches there. Because there is a Jew person is taking over an occultic person and you are running away, then you don't know your effect as a salt and a light. Hello? When you step into any dark community, you need to take authority. Whenever I'm entering into a place, by the time I get to the, to the outskirts of the town and I'll enter, I'll take authority before I enter into that place. Because as a light and a salt, everything should revolve around you. And that is who you are. Tell someone that person, that is who you are. Tell the person you are an influencer. It's just like code. When somebody has it, when it comes close, it will get to you. In the same way as a Christian, when you get into a place, you contaminate people positively, not negatively. Some of you will not understand me. That is why I am more particular about your character and attitude when I'm around me. Because, believe you me, the truth of the matter is that if we want to talk about God, then we have to exhibit him. We cannot be 100% righteous, but the issue is that we have to work on our salvation with fear and trembling. I have to know that I have a problem, and I have to accept that I have a problem, and I have to work on that problem. But I cannot be in denial of the problem. Because anyone that is in denial of a problem is a dangerous weapon to handle. And he can never be a Christian. Check through scripture. Jesus, uh, Paul said, he said, anyone that is a busybody, he said, he grew a person. Yet among the believers, if you check, he said, even some of them don't even eat with them. It's in scriptures. And he's not in the Old Testament. It's a New Testament doctrine teaching. That anyone that is not taking the attitude of Christ and is not working on himself and is not living right and is not living doing things and he just moved from one place to the other just talking and he's not working he's just living his life anyhow he said the believers should have nothing to do with that person. Felicious and harmonious. So if you watch it he gave instruction to Timothy specifically and to Titus as well. Go and read the book of Timothy. Go and read the book of Titus. So the issue here is that because we are the reference point, tell somebody you are the reference point. Because we are the reference point as believers, God wants to work on us, then we can work on others. So when they mention your name in that house, you see, in societies where they see your light and see your sort, you might not, you don't even need to be a pastor, you might even need to be a bishop. Your family will call you a pastor. Let me tell you this we can't fool society, they know who we are. Hello, tap someone and tell the person, You can't fool anybody, they know who you are. Amen. If you are so, they know, if you are light, they know. So, what Jesus is saying here is that as a child of God who is to grow and mature in the faith, this is the standard. There is no other standard. There is no shortcut. There is no any other route. The route is that be a salt and be a light. Period. If you can't be a salt and you can't be a light, then examine yourself whether you are in the faith. That's somebody Christian growth and maturity. 
Are we on the same page? So I went on to say that the best way to do this is to exhibit the disciple, to be a disciple. And we said the Greek word for disciples is mathetis, which means one who learns instruction from another. It was used in the secular Greek world for an apprentice to a tradesman. So you can call it an apprentice today, who is somebody learning how to sew, somebody learning. You realize that if you go to learn how to sew uh, from any fashion designer, when you come out, your cut is exactly like the person's cut. You can only add your uniqueness to it. But if they watch it, they know, Charlie, you are a product of this place. It's simple. I am a disciple of Dr. Otabel. When I'm speaking, you should see him in me. It's simple. If up to now you can't see him in me, then you have not yet seen him. So, that is the effectiveness of a disciple. Because the, the, the mentor has influence on the protege. Because it's not only physical, it deposits spiritual. That is why when you go to learn traits or crafts, and you finish and the boss does not release you, you go, but you don't succeed. It might not be a believer, it might not be anybody. But spiritually, God accepts that the apprenticeship is part of development. That is why Jesus, who is you and I that we have come to believe in, when he was even as young, he learned the trade of the father. And he goes into the temple also and studies with the scribes and the Pharisees. Though the scribes and the Pharisees have a challenge then, but they were the standard at that time and he went to study with them. And under J12, he was found in the temple studying about the Torah, which is the five book of Moses. And the parents came and said, Duke, child, you have made us to wonder and to look. I said, don't you know I am about my father's business? In other words, my father's business is for me to learn. And when he go to the book of Galilee, he said that he subjected himself to governors and to teachers on until the appointed time. The challenge we are having today in our world is that people don't want to be discipled. All the great people you think of, inventors and everything, were once a product of somebody's training them. And so they emerge. So the disciple factor is critical in the kingdom of God and the growth pattern in his kingdom. So there is the need for you to be a disciple to learn at the feet of somebody. Bible says even in the Old Testament it was also practiced. He said, the king said we are lost and we are struggling. In second Kings, and he said, where can we find help? And Jehoshaphat asked that question and the king said there is there is, there is help a prophet called Elisha he poured water on the hands of Elijah. He said, surely let's go to him because the word of the Lord is in his mouth. If you want to be in politics, you need to have a mentor who will model you to that level. If you want to be a, a good entrepreneur, you need a mentor. If you want to be a good preacher, you need a mentor. Whatever you want to do and excel, you need somebody to coach you and act as a godfather in your life. So, submission is critical for you becoming what you want to be. Because in your mentorship process, you need to submit. The protege becomes like a, a fool to the boss. In fact, in, 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 in other religions, like, like, like you can... Meditational religions and all that, they, they, they don't joke with their gurus. Because they are the one who teaches you the inside out of how to meditate and to chant and to do things and to rise up to a certain level. In fact, there when you disobey your guru, you can even die. Hello? Don't look at me like that. So, in the same way, even Jesus subjected himself to mentorship. Though he was God. Are we on the same page? So, Ask somebody who disciples you. As long as congregation is concerned, you are my disciples. And I am your coach. A mentor is also a coach. If the coach gives the game plan and the players don't play it according to the game plan, they lose. Simple. So God has 
has his game plan and he has put pastors in charge of churches to teach them the game plan. So Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So he said that nobody should take this thing upon himself to be a preacher because he will be just strictly. That is why pastoral work is not for children, it's for mature adults. And it's not for looking for money. And you call yourself, you'll be miserable. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. And everyone will know that you are not there. Because you can go in for juju and go in for anything. But it's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. So he learns instruction from another. It was used in the secular Greek word for an apprentice or tradesman. A disciple is not only a pupil, but an adherent. Is an adherent. In Islam, we're taught that principle vigorously. Vigorously. From the day you were born, you were taught. You, how you know how to do your abolition, how to be able to do your... So you enter into the macaron and you are taught vigorously to follow it by the latter. So your parents have time for you to take you through. Where if you're a male, wherever your father is going, he goes with you. When he's praying, he makes you stand by his side. Because in, in, in their practice, if your father is not there, you will have to lead the family in prayer. The woman does not lead. When they wake up during fasting time and they wake up and they are going to eat safuru, they will wake you up as well. Whether you go to school or not, you will wake up. And you also perform the ablation. You pray with them. And you eat and you also fast. We were fasting and we're praying, playing football with it. And whenever it is time, before we go onto the pitch and it's time for salah, we'll go and do our salah before we come and come and play. And we we'll see our Christian brothers then who think they are said they are believers and the kind of life they were, they were living and they, they were even be fasting, they'll be eating. <laughs> eating. Christians, let's wake up. We are too lazy. We, we are not adherent to the word of God. And even around that time, we were studying the Bible like nothing. The highest grade I have in my O-levels, that Bible knowledge, I have one in Bible knowledge. If I ask you, can you even read the Quran? Can you interpret something? You'll be there. I was mentioned during study Hinduism, Buddhism, Shintoism, and somebody will look at me. What else? Do you understand the word religions? How can you be a light to influence when you don't have information about what and why somebody practices what? Can I go on? He is not just a people, a pupil, a pupil sits in the class and only receives, but an adherent is the one that works with it. And he said, hence, they were spoken of as imitators of their teachers. They were imitators of their teachers. In ancient Greek philosophy, the Aristotles, the, the whatever we, they, they meet together and they begin to speak. And when they are speaking, people imitate the way they speak and they also speak like them. That is where public speaking came about. Hello? So they are imitators. Say imitators. Say imitators. An imitator behaves the same way like the original. Hello? And that's why Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Simple. Can somebody see you and see Christ? Turn to somebody right now. Look at the person. Do you see Christ? (laughs) It was said that in a church, the monkey and the baboon were sitting together. You know the baboon and you know the monkey. That's the brother of a monkey. <laughs> but he looks more ugly. <laughs> they were sitting together in church and the pastor said, turn to your brother and tell the person, you are made in the image of God. And you look wonderful. The monkey laughed and said, pastor, I don't want to sin on Sunday morning. <laughs> in other words, when you look at the baboon, you cannot see the image of God. <laughs> I can't God be that. <laughs> so, you become an imitator of your teacher. That is who your father is. That is who you are. 
So they should look at it and say, oh, no wonder. That is what happened in the book of Acts chapter 2 when the disciples came out. They were first known as the people of the way. But when they were walking, people saw them because there were other religions. But when they looked at them, the way they were behaving, they were talking, they were walking, they were acting, they were eating. And all they said, ah, in the midst of all the religions that are there, you behave as Christ. So that is where they had the word first in Antioch as what? Christians. Christians simply means exhibiting the nature and the characteristics of Christ. Christians. Christians. In the midst of many people, can you be pointed as a Christian? I remember when I got saved in my community, there were, most of them there were Christians, there were Jehovah Witness people, and you know Jehovah Witness people, they always come and, and, and they come and, but they realized that no, this guy is born again. And so they will not even come to me to come and sit down and say, let's discuss the Bible. Because anytime you are passing in my community, everybody knew when I got born again, when I was a bad boy, they knew I was a bad boy. When I got born again, they knew I was a born again boy. You see, when you are seen, he's seen well. Not, and, and, and when you change, also change well. Simple. There is no in between. Bible says you are neither hot nor cold. And because you are neither hot nor cold and you are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. So if you be cold, be cold. If you be hot, be hot. Simple. There is no in between. If it is lying that you enjoy, lie proper. And let's give you a tag that you are a liar. If you speak the truth, speak the truth proper. So that we will know that you speak the truth. See, there is no in between in serving God. Remember I said we are working out our salvation. And so we need to admit where our weaknesses are and work towards it because we are all not perfect. We are on the journey towards perfection. So in moments, every Christian is called to be a disciple of Jesus. And this means they will follow Jesus and put their claims of Jesus first in their lives. As a disciple, your, your mentor's instruction is first in your life than your own. You live his own first before you do your own. You don't do your assignment before his assignment. Regardless of the cost to themselves, regardless of your, Jesus said, if you follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow. Whoever loves father, mother or sisters or family or houses or land is not worthy to be my disciple. It's not worthy. So the question I want to ask you is that as a disciple of the Lord, are you pursuing the agenda of God or you are pursuing your own agenda? What agenda are you pursuing as a Christian? What agenda are you pursuing as you are a member of ICGC? Is it an agenda of pursuing the will of God or you are are carrying out your own agenda? Thankfully, maybe you carry out an agenda because you saw a lady and because of that you are in church. But now that you are being in church, now pursue the agenda of God so that the lady will be a bonus afterwards to marry. Agenda. What is your agenda of saying God has called me and I want to be a pastor? Because the thing is not a business. Hello? So what is your agenda? Is your agenda to come and make money and enrich yourself or is an agenda to come and serve? What is your agenda of going into politics? What is your agenda of going into the health sector? What is your agenda of becoming a business? Or what is your agenda of becoming a wife or a husband? That is what is critical to God than any other thing. What is your motive? Your motive is what God works with. Hello? Your motive is very critical to God. So it's every Christian is called to be a servant of Jesus. And this means they will follow Jesus and put their claims of Jesus first in their lives, regardless of the cost to themselves. So a Christian disciple is a person who is determined to follow Jesus Christ. Who is what? Who is what? Who is what? It is, it is, it is, it is saying that irrespective of the challenge, I will still do it. 
it might not be comfortable. It might not be in consistence or in conformity to the ideals of society. But I would do it. It's a determination. It's a determination. It's, it's, not, it's not a joke. It's a determination. It says it's a determination. You have to be determined. He has to determine to follow Jesus Christ with the desire to learn. With what? The desire. The desire to learn from him. To learn from him and live according to his example. And live according to what? His example. Matthew chapter 4 verse 18. Sorry. Give me Matthew chapter 4 verse 18. Matthew chapter 4 verse 18. He said, and Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brothers. He saw two what? Simeon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were what? Fishermen. They have their vocation. And the verse 19 says that, then he said to them, follow me. Say, follow me. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You see the word that I will. Say, I will. Now, I will simply means that there is a process I have to take you through until you become he didn't say, I have. He said, I will. I will make you fishers of men. How do you make me? As I follow you, I imitate, I learn, I step where you step, I speak the way you speak, I do because I have not been where you are before. You are taking me there. And I will make you fishers of men. If you want to fish men, follow me. I'll teach you. If you want to be the best lawyer, I will show you how to be the best lawyer because I am a renowned lawyer already. And so I can teach you how to be that lawyer. If you want to be the best footballer, I am the best footballer in the world and I'll be recognized. So follow me and I'll teach you the skills of becoming the best footballer because I am known as a good coach who can coach people. Follow me and I will coach you to become that way. In other words, don't only admire my gift, but learn of my gift. Follow. Follow. And I will make you. So there is always a making process in whatever we do in life. And we can only be made until we identify who our mentor is and submit to that person. So in Christianity, for us to reflect Christ and to be like Christ, who is making us, then we need to learn of him. We need to do what? Learn of him. All of us, including myself, we need to learn of him. Amen. So that is, that is the key. We need to learn of him. Based on this, let's look at the five basic principles of who a disciple is. Five basic principles that actually undergird a disciple. Or who a disciple is. Five basic principles that reveals who a disciple is. Then you can situate yourself into it. I hope you are listening to me all over. From here to the outside. You see, Christianity is not about coming to church alone. It goes more beyond it. Or wearing the nice dress or driving. They are all good. Clapping and dancing. Giving offering. Giving tithe. I mean, it's something you cannot run away from. They are very, very good. But the truth of the matter is that heaven and Christian character is what God is looking for. That is why he saved you and I. (laughs) Hallelujah. We are saved into the church to be built up into the image of God. Simple. Simple. All the gatherings and everything we are doing is just to be able to keep us together. That is all. But the truth of the matter is that we should be able to reflect God in our life anywhere we stand. The first principle is a disciple is a person who lives continually by the word of Jesus. A disciple is a person who lives continually by the word of Jesus. A disciple is a person who lives continually by the word of Jesus. They are not only people who follow occasional words of the master. They are not people who follow occasional words of the master. I just came in, I just listened, and after service, that is the end. I put my Bible somewhere. It's only Sunday that I remember. If I want to go run out to check Bibles, some of you don't even have Bibles. 
You might pretend to look on your phone, but you don't even have anything on your phone. If I ask you, when did you have a morning devotion? You don't even have it. You've not had one. You've not read it. Sunday after Sunday, you only come every Sunday to come and hear, but after that, you don't even practice. You, you, you don't even write down notes to even refer. You don't even buy tapes to even listen to it and know what scriptures were quoted for you to even imbibe it over and over again because you see, practice perfect. And as a disciple, for you to be perfected in your Christian work, you need to daily listen to the word of God, feed your soul, feed your spirit with it daily. And as you do that, you get used to it and you grow thereby. You see, you don't, you don't deal with sin when sin arrives. You deal with sin before sin arrives. Your ability to overcome and not fall to temptation is not when temptation came. You have dealt with it long before temptation came. And that is the essence of hearing the word of God and over and over again. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it is not an occasional thing. It's a repeated thing. They are not only both for occasional words of the master. Remember last week I was telling you that being a Christian is not how long you have been in the church. Amen. But how well you have lived by the word of God. So you can get somebody who is not long and has not been long with God. But because of the person's desire and zeal to know God and reading every time and studying and praying, you will realize that all of a sudden the person begins to demonstrate the gift and the power of the spirit and the person is moving and the person is going on. You look and say, ah, but we are here before he came. Why should he be able? No. The issue is not about you are here. God looks at the heart and anyone that is diligent in doing things, God lifts up the person. So that is the issue. So they are not only people who follow occasional words of the master, but rather people who commit themselves to follow through the teaching of the master in a disciplined and committed way. The word is discipline. Say discipline. In a disciplined and what? Committed way. In a discipline and committed. I was having a marriage council. I was telling them that the challenges of marriages today is because we have neglected the spiritual factor, which is the God factor in marriages. And that is why we are having. Because we are all marrying a soap opera marriage. Which is an utopia. It does not exist. Because it is counterfeit. It's an acted love. And that is what everybody has at the back of his mind or her mind to marry. So we think of the pageantry of the occasion than the reality of the institution. And sometimes we pretend we know, but yet we are rotting inside. So is commit, they commit themselves to follow through the teacher and master in a disciplined and committed way. Jesus is our master. He will speak living words to us daily through the Holy Spirit. Anytime you take the word of God every day. In fact, you can read John 3.16 today. Anytime you go back to the, it gives you more revelations. More. More. You can't stop talking about the goodness of God from the Bible. It is goodness are always new every day. So there is nothing like feeling bored about the word of God. You see, anytime, listen to me, to backslide in the Lord, anytime you come to church and the word of God does not touch you, you are backsliding. Check yourself. Anytime you come to church and the word of God is coming, you say, oh, pastor, I know this one already. You are backsliding. Anytime you get angry when the word of God is coming to correct you, it's a sign of a backslider. Hello? Because you see, the word of God will take you through an uncomfortable... You see, I always say that if the word of God makes you too comfortable, then you are not in the presence of God. Jesus is our master. He will speak living words to us through daily, through the Holy Spirit. We need to do this we need, what we need to do is live out in our daily lives the commands, teaching and example he has already given to us. The main thought behind discipleship is not one of inspiration, but instruction. The main thought behind discipleship is not that of what? 
Inspiration, but what? It's not inspiration by what? Instruction is I tell you, sit here, and when I came, I find you sitting there. Inspiration is that, oh, you love me, you like me, you, 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 you are so excited about me. But when I say sit here, you don't sit there. So it doesn't match your inspiration for me. So God says sit here and you sit there. You love God, but God says sit here and you sit there. He comes to meet you there. So it's about instruction. We need a stable foundation of obedience to the word of God as the basis of our discipleship. Otherwise, we'll be at the mercy of every subjective notion or feeling that comes along. You just be oscillating. You are going here and coming here. Amen. So let's go to the next point. Point two. A disciple is a person who commits his life completely to the master. Point number two. Point number one is what I gave you. Point number two. A disciple is a person who commits his life completely to the master. Completely to the master. Sold out. You've heard that song before. So that you sold your life out completely. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Talking about Paul. In fact, any time you hear about God, it should consume you. Ah, how I love him. Like the songwriter said, how I love Jesus. Amen. So you should have that kind of, that kind of understanding. Anytime you hear anything about God, anytime you hear anything about church, anytime you hear anything about the Bible, anytime you hear anything about preaching, there should be some joy, there should be some gratification, there should be something that is drawing closer, that brings some, some excitement. You see, if you feel bored with the word of God, then you are bored with your life. There are some of you, you even need cane to be chased before you come to church. Check it, you are backsliding. But it's your attitude showing that Christ is in you. Nowadays, people pride themselves for what church they belong to. But they don't pride themselves for how well they know Jesus. Bible says that if you boast, boast in the Lord that you know him. A disciple is a person who commits his life completely to the master. The commitment should be total, but it is not just a commitment to anyone. It's not just a commitment to what? Anyone. It's a commitment to a loving master who has no self-interest, but rather is concerned for our total welfare and growth in God. Jesus loving him is critical because he is committed to our total welfare. When you fall in love with Jesus and you give everything to Jesus, Jesus will never deny you what you are looking for. He will never. A lot of us are heartbreaking and heart shattered and disappointed because we fix our trust rather in men instead of fixing our trust in Jesus. Jesus has the right to demand this commitment as he laid down his life for us. Greater love has no man than the one who laid down his life for his brethren. Have you ever seen somebody who said, I love you? In fact, I, I, I love you so much that even if death, I'll die for you. And death came and the person died for you. I remember a story that I heard so many years ago. He said, the man died and the, and the son said, me, no, no, no. The father cannot go. He was crying and lying on the coffin. They pushed him. He's not yielding. And they said, look, let's leave this guy. Let's they carried the coffin. They got to the cemetery. When they put the, the coffin into the grave, the guy also jumped and lied on the coffin. He said, bury me with my father. They were trying to stop him. He said, no, 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 I'm not agreeing. He said, okay, let's bury him. And then they started taking the son. One, two, Three, the guy said, hold on, I'm coming out. <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> Amen. So many years ago, Nanam Pedu played a song about two friends who were walking and he said, look, I will die for you. I love you. I will stay for you and everything. And they were walking through the forest and a lion appeared. Immediately the lion appeared. Ah! The one who said he would die for his friend rather was the first person who climbed a tree and went there. The friend had to go and protect his own self after everything. When the lion left, the friend came and said, how did he go? I saw the lion close. I said, the lion told me that I should not trust any man again. <laughs> so you see, ladies and gentlemen, don't be deceived and don't be fooled. 
to think that a man loves you so much to die for you. Listen. It is difficult for a man who has really given his heart to Jesus to have a heartbreak. Anytime you have a heartbreak, check who is occupying your heart. <laughs> Amen. Christian, you have a heartbreak, you cannot even come to church. Pastor, me, me, this way I can't forgive for him. Pastor, something, something is happening to my pressure. It's going on. Mercy. Jesus will never give you a breaking heart. He will never. Hallelujah. Love with your mind. <laughs> and let your heart be filled with Christ. Because you see, man will forever be selfish and self-centered. I don't care who that person is. But the only selfless person is Jesus. So Jesus had a right to demand it. He laid down his life for us. Jesus is totally committed to us and he wants the same commitment in return. He wants us to trust him in every step. In every step as he takes our lives and molds them in accordance with his will. And molds us in accordance with his will. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. Give me Matthew 6 24 quickly. He said, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve what? For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. There is no in between. Tell someone there is no in between. Amen. So you sh- we should know the difference. So we served because God loves us. Point number three. A disciple is one who lives in a fruit-bearing relationship with Jesus. A disciple is the one who lives in a fruit-bearing relationship with Jesus. You can later read John chapter 5, John chapter 15, verse 1 to 10. John chapter 15, verse 1 to 10. You can really, he said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So the whole issue of growth, Christian maturity and growth cannot be done in isolation. It can only be done with a perfect relationship with Christ. Which is by imbibing his word daily, then I can grow. Just like I need physical food to grow my body, so I need spiritual food to grow my spirit. And your spirit should always be stronger and bigger than your physical body. Are you there with me? It is only in then that you can overcome. It's simple. In the realm of the spirit, your size is not considered as your physical size, it's your spiritual weight that is considered. That is why you can have a little girl who is your child and you can boot and he can, she can go and fall somewhere. But if she has a wrong spirit, her spirit will not be that little girl. Her spirit is a giant. So at the night hour, that baby grows up into your grandfather. So in that position, he has the right to discipline you. So you get up in the morning and your body is full of pains and scratches. I say, ah! And the baby is still lying there looking at you. Beat me again. Amen. So in the realm of the spirit, it takes a hierarchy to dethrone a hierarchy. It takes authority to dethrone authority. So if you are not on that level, you don't venture. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? That is how it works. Are we there? So, people see you and they don't see you physically. In fact, those who have eyes don't see you physically. They see you by the spirit. The Bible says we know no man after the flesh. They weigh you. Tell somebody they weigh you. They weigh you on a scale and see, Charlie, this guy, 
is light. It's a lightweight. But when they weigh you, they know you are heavyweight. Because they know what they saw about you in the realm of the spirit. Am I talking to somebody here? So, there is a need to build your spirit. Tell somebody, build your spirit. Just like you go into the gym and build muscles, the same thing, you build muscles in the Lord. Through the word of God. Show me your muscle in the Lord. It's not about talking it, it's living it. That is the word. Our union with Christ makes possible a life through which others can be saved. I've said this already. When a tree is so full of sap that it can no longer hold it, the result is what? Fruit. When a Christian is full of Christ, others see him and hear about him and then spiritually reborn into the kingdom of God. Thus, new believers are one fruit of discipleship without this sort of fruit bearing in our lives the kingdom of God will not be expanded and the body of Christ will not grow so if I want the body of Christ to grow and I want to see the result in other post life I need to bear fruit worthy of my master shall we please be on our feet very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple East Egon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastagon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435 You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7am to 10am on Tuesdays at 6.30pm to 8.30pm for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7pm to 10pm for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube or Twitter. God bless you.